0: Journey of a Fearless Female. I'm your host, Paola Rosser, and this week my guest is Megan. She's a mama of three, an entrepreneur, a holistic business mentor. She's passionate about empowering other mama entrepreneurs to create their own unique business structures and make a difference in their communities. With her personal approach she helps clients develop a powerful mindset and marketing strategy to create a thriving business that aligns with their vision. By embracing their unique stories and following their purpose, her clients build businesses that not only generate income, but also create a positive impact in the world. Let's work together to create a community of inspiring mom entrepreneurs with Megan. So everybody, please welcome Megan. Hello. Hello
1: hey paola how are you Uh,
0: i'm so excited to have you here she's calling in all the way from wisconsin (laughs)
1: Um, i love this connection that we have
0: (laughs) i know so i met megan at a um event in san diego and she just has this beautiful light about her she sparks up every room and she just like embraces you with i love that she tries to tell me that i embrace her but she embraces everyone and uh, we just had an immediate connection and i told her you need to be on my podcast and so i'm so happy for her to be here. So let's talk about your journey and where did it all begin
1: thank you so um this is a really hard question to answer because I feel like my journey is there's so many starts and stops to it um but it really began in childhood and the more I learned about childhood trauma and different things like that I'm like oh yeah this is where I need to start so when you told me that I have to like tell my journey I'm like well, where am I going to start? Like when I was born and, and that's kind of where I do have to start a little bit, but I, I won't make it take 32 years. So my, my parents were entrepreneurs and they were like big business. Like we're going to just work every day, all day long. I was just telling my husband, my parents worked seven days a week, my entire life. I never knew any different. Um, And then we lived with my grandparents out of kind of convenience and we had round-the-clock babysitters that way. And they also owned a business, which was a zoo. So we, I grew up on a zoo. A zoo? Oh my gosh, that's awesome. It was one of the most amazing. A zoo. Yeah. Lions, tigers, bears, like anything I wanted. I was like, Grandpa, can we get on? And he's like, oh, sure. And he loved it. That was like their retirement plan as they loved animals. Um, I always say they're better with, with <laughs> animals than they are with people. And as it kept growing, and they kind of like rescued all of these animals from different situations, like lions, tigers, bears, that kind of animal. They were like, how are we going to continue to pay for them after we retire fully? So we opened the doors and that just was a really, it was an amazing thing to see that as children, we got to be a part of it. But then on the flip side, I had my parents' business, which was very like work, 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 enough money to support us. But it always seemed like they were just chasing the dollar and like doing the next thing to make a dollar. And As a kid, I didn't realize what that meant because monetarily we had whatever we wanted. We got brand new cars and we got to go on trips if we wanted to. Um, But what I noticed um, once I started having kids and once I started digging into my past and my childhood traumas and all of those triggery things, I was like, shit, I didn't get the love really that I maybe yearned for as a child and because my parents grew up without money it was more of that oh we're going to give our kids all that we can in a monetary sense but then they lacked on the the love sense and so when i got into motherhood i was like i don't know how i'm going to do it as a single mom but i will give my daughter all of the love that she can handle and i'm not going to only pour money into the you know the motherhood situation and so That really took me on a journey of entrepreneurship because I already had this really good foundation of I want to be an entrepreneur, right? But I'm like, I don't want to do it how my parents did it. And even my grandparents, I mean, they worked hard. They're still working really hard. Um, And I was just like, okay, how am I going to manipulate this situation? So through high school, I did a ton of service learning and was in clubs and organizations and pretty much did everything So I did not have to be in class. I was like, well, I have this service project that I'm working on. And this is kind of how it pertains to math or science, whatever class I was trying to get out of. And so I was, I just learned to like manipulate situations so that I could do what, what really lit me up and really like fired me up. And so I feel like I learned a lot of this tactics through that. Like, I'm like, I know how to talk to the community and I know how to make relationships and partnerships I know how to ask people for money like I know how to do the logistics to get a project funded or I know how to set up a pet walk in order to build a humane society like we did some really big things um and I had some really amazing mentors along the way and so getting into entrepreneurship of course I started out in the MLM world what easier way to be an entrepreneur than to spend 30 bucks on a package that comes to your door and then you sell it to other people but that never really filled me with as much as I needed it to fill me with. I was always still like, but I want to help with like other people's marketing. And I want to like, I want to dig deeper into why people are in their business. And I want to expand that. I love local business. I used to go to the business after five meetings just to experience what it felt like to be an entrepreneur in like that sort of setting. Incredible. Oh, my gosh. So I, I look back and I'm like, oh, my gosh, you did all of these things. And sometimes I have to tell the story in order to even realize it for myself. So through, you know, through my first child, I still worked quite a bit. And then I was given the opportunity with my husband to be a stay at home mom. And I was like, yeah, no, like, I don't even know what that is. I don't know how to slow down. I don't know how to self-regulate. Like, I'm just like, go, go, go all the time. And then he, he kind of gave me this opening of like, but you could if you wanted to. He didn't tell me I had to. He just said, you could if you wanted to. And I was like, oh, because up until this point, I had just supported every every relationship I was in. I just supported. I'm like, I'll just financially mentally, emotionally support every aspect of this, because that's what my parents did. And so when he gave me this opportunity, I was like, oh, so I started doing a little more yoga and, you know, digging into myself a little bit more, taking some classes, learning some tools like um, breathwork and human design, and just literally sitting with myself. And I'm like, holy shit, I'm on the same path as my parents were. Like, I'm still trying to work all the time, To chase those like minimal dollars that really aren't even making a difference. And what I'm doing isn't fulfilling me. Um, And I also found myself pivoting at every corner, like, Oh, nope, this isn't quite right. Let's just go over here. And that felt like I was being I was a failure. Like, you're not ever sticking with anything
0: you're doing. Oh, my gosh, there's so (laughs) much to unpack here. I love that you said earlier, when you had your first daughter that you were like, it was like this huge realization that Even though you had all the things monetarily wise, you didn't have that love and affection. And I think people don't understand how important that love and affection and the attention you spend with your child means so much more than any toy, than Mm -hmm. any trip, than any pony you could buy them because that is like the most important and essential part of their first seven years is to have that stability to have that comfort to have that feeling of safety and that comes with like touch and love and hugs and you know being there when you scratched your knee you know you had someone to go to you know and I think you don't realize Uh that a lot of people say that when you have your first kid it's like that first like uh aha moment of like wait a minute there's it's, this is triggering for me because you're giving them what you didn't get. And you're like, wait a minute. So I thought I had a good childhood, but in reality I was missing that component. And honestly, like I, you know, no fault to your parents, obviously, but I think back then in the time that they were growing up and even before that with your grandparents, like that wasn't a big factor was to hug your children. You know, it was all about discipline. How do you raise children and get them to be Uh, seen and not heard, which, you know, didn't allow them to like sing or to dance or to play, be playful. You know, it was just like, do your chores, make sure it was like very rigid in the way people taught children back in the 60s and 70s. So it's, it's not their fault. It's just the way we were taught back then. And now I think this new consciousness era is they're starting to become more aware of how impactful the first seven years are. But I also love that you said that as you we're going, going, going. And then your husband told you, you don't have to work anymore. It was like that time where you were like, holy shit, now you have to stop and pause and be with yourself. And I love that you said, I don't know how to self regulate, I don't know how to, like self soothe myself. And it's, I think that's a huge and important journey that everyone needs to have is to have that time of just pause, pause on work, pause on being a mom, pause on everything. Because A lot of people can't sit with themselves in the silence because they don't understand how to self-regulate. They don't know how to get rid of that nervous energy and they they've just been going 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 whether if it's work, working out, you know, being a mom, like taking care of, you know, the errands. It's just go go go, but we really do need to take one or two or three or even like a week off to just be alone with your thoughts so that you can self-regulate and come back to who you are cuz the one person you spend the most time with is yourself, right?
1: Right. Absolutely. Yeah, that is, oh my gosh, that's just like a whole nother piece of the puzzle that you you totally hit on. And and I did that also. I worked out every single day for five years at 5 a.m. And oh I was like, God. superwoman, I'm a human design projector. <laughs> my adrenals crashed so hard. And the worst part about it was, is I thought I was doing all the things. I thought I was eating the healthiest. I owned a salad business that during COVID gave healthy meals to people in my area And I was the one who was struggling. And they're like, oh my gosh, you've got to be so healthy. I'm like, actually, I think I'm one of the least healthy people I know. And the perception of healthy is like, you're thin, you're fit, you can work out, you can do a really high box jump, like you can do a pull up. At the end of the day, that pull up doesn't matter if you're not feeding yourself the nutrients that you need to feed yourself. And if you're not giving your body the adequate rest time, and if you're not giving your nervous system the adequate like breather, like you need that downtime, you need that regulation. And it's so important. But what I've noticed is, is it doesn't matter. We just want like, we just want the star on the wall. We just want (laughs) to say that we can do all of the things. It doesn't matter how we're feeling inside. So a couple of years ago, my adrenals crashed. I laid in bed for two full weeks and I was like, what am I going to do now? Like your whole my whole life was gone. I I had told everybody that I was healthy. I you know, social media, I was like, I have this business that delivers these beautiful salads and they were literally gorgeous. But I just crashed to the point where I can't even get out of bed. How am I going to face the world? And as an entrepreneur, I feel like we come to these these blocks, these like parts in our journey where like I'm just going to give up now because nobody's going to believe what I have to say next. But I almost think that from that is also where we find the things that people need to hear. And so when I when I tell people like all of the down and dirty stuff of my life, they're like, how can you tell people this? And I'm like, because I've fallen so far into hell that the only way to come back up is to face these things that have happened and to see what nuggets I can pull out of them. Like, what did I learn from this? What's going to keep me going forward? And where do I need to stop and maybe reroute something that isn't working over and over again? So I look at my journey and I'm like, oh, that kind of thing happened multiple times, when are you going to learn? And sometimes it's not until we put those puzzle pieces together.
0: Yeah. I love that you said that because I think so many people don't understand that we're constantly getting nudges or whispers from the world or the universe or source. Um and it's like it's constantly telling you you're not playing at your full capacity. Not like you're because obviously you were on the world standards, right? You were playing to the full capacity, but you weren't showing up authentically yourself. And so it kept telling you like, yes, you're doing all these things, but this is who you really are. And you're not being true to yourself. And I love that you said that people were asking you, how can you be so honest about what's going on with you? It's like, uh, because this is my truth and this is my reality. I think so many of us want to play that role that everything is great and we're hiding behind filters and we're hiding behind that like perfect curated instagram feed but in reality we're all dealing with a, like learning new stuff in our lives that are trying to force us to be our true authentic self and some of us are just not listening until you get to that place where you like i said you have either a full adrenal failure, or you get cancer, or you get that divorce, or you get laid off. Or all of a sudden, you're just like, holy shit, at the bottom of your pit, you know, like, I am doing something. obviously, I'm not doing something right, because I'm here again, you know, and that's where it's like, absolutely aha moment of like, what, what do I need to do? Where do I need to learn? I love that you said you look at your journey, and you could say, oh that's the reason why this happened this failure happened because of this or this mistake happened because of this and it was all everything leads you to where your purpose truly is and who you're supposed to be and that's I think why I liked you in the beginning when I met you because you were so honest about who you were it was like this is who I am there was this honesty about you that I love that's the type of people that I'm attracted to that I'm like oh my gosh I want to be their friend because that's who I am like this is me I'm an open book and I'm not hiding anything because because I'm never going to pretend to be perfect no one is perfect
1: yeah absolutely yeah I think when we met I was going through a, a really big interesting relationship thing and there's a lot to that that was like this reoccurring theme in my life of loss and this will, this will get me a little bit because it's still pretty raw but so when I first really started digging into my journey a couple of years into when i when i got to start to stay home with my kids and when i got to really sit with myself a little bit and start doing some of my own healing work my brother started going through um he he was addicted to drugs and he ended up in and out of six month rehab programs and had i so backtrack had i not started this healing journey i think this all would have played out very different but he ended up passing from an overdose And I'm sorry, I didn't even tell you this, but it's funny because there was so much like when I talk to people, it's like, I, it's like, I like just spit it out all out at them. But what happened was, is I found myself back in that mindset of, okay, I'm pregnant. I have a toddler at home. I have an, a a nine-year-old that needs me. I have a household to run. I have a mom now that I need to watch over like a hawk because this has broken her. My parents had just had a divorce and now I lost my baby brother. And the only way I know to handle this is to put my walls back up and be the best person that I can be for everybody else. And I will deal with myself later. And this is like a couple of years down the road that I get to recognize it as this. But I I did a very good job of putting those walls up. And then the second one broke down, we were at church and the pastor started talking about addiction And I broke down for the first time since my brother had passed away. It was two weeks after his funeral. And I went and I went outside and I just sobbed and sobbed and sobbed. And I I just remember this belly and remember the things that I'm like, I'm not going to be able to take care of all of the things in my life if I don't let this out. And the next morning, I went into preterm labor at 33 weeks and My little boy was born um, a couple hours later after fighting with my midwife, because this was my last baby. Perfect home birth is what we were going for, like in the room I'm sitting in right now. And she's like, it's coming and you can't stop it. And I was so mad at the world. I was so mad at my brother. I was so mad at church for doing, you know, for talking about it. I was so mad at myself for breaking down. I was like, you couldn't have waited a couple more months to break down. And I knew at that point that energetically my body knew that this baby was not safe in here because I was not releasing what I needed to release and in an emotional sense. So that is a little, it's a little woo-woo for some people. Um, But for me, it's the truth. It is truly that my body needed to... Needed to shed what I couldn't nurture anymore because of everything else that was going on. And so there was just all of this compounding like, you did this to him. Now he's in the NICU because of you. What are you going to do to uphold this going forward? And so I held a lot of those emotions, you know, through that time. And he was in the NICU for 12 days, like, life is good. He's perfectly healthy. But I'm noticing more and more the energetic shifts that happen and then the things that happen because of them. So moving into my next um, career choice was making healthy salads for people in the middle of having two toddlers at home. I decided it's COVID. We need to get out of the house. We're going to cook in a kitchen all day on Monday and we're going to deliver all day on Tuesday. And, and that was my way of like repairing that need for wanting to help others. I was like, it's fine. I'll just create a business that helps other people. And that'll make me feel better. So my way out of most things is like, how can I make others feel better? Well, so that in turn, I can get that like energetic back and forth. But like you said earlier is if you don't like have, if you don't allow yourself to stop when you need to stop and to sit with yourself when you need to sit with yourself, things are going to keep coming up. And that hit hard a couple of weeks ago. So I met you at the Energetics of Business Conference. I, we, My rawness with you was my relationship with my husband, which has turned to 180 for a couple of reasons. First of all, I was held by that conference. You women were so amazing. There were so many of you that just like took me and I've never felt so like. Liked by other people. I've never felt so in community. I've never felt so held by so many women. And there's just there's a couple that stood out and you were one of them. But what also happened that weekend that I didn't let out because I wasn't sure was happening is um, we had found out we were pregnant Mm. and I miscarried. On so we were there Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and I miscarried on Monday. So I was in a hotel room by myself after this amazing weekend of, of just like beautiful energy. And I remember at one point going through a meditation and it was kind of like one of those release what isn't serving you and where I was at, this is like some really deep, honest truth, but where I was at in my business with my husband, with my family, this baby was going to be so hard for us. And I truly feel as though my body knew that this wasn't the time. And I'm going to have a lot of people that don't agree with that. And I, I also have like not shared this part because I feel as though some people will say every baby should be here. You know, something really bad must have happened. But I truly feel as though just wasn't our time to have one more. And the other really amazing part about miscarrying a baby when you're by yourself is you get to go through all of the grief, you get to go through all of the emotions, and and nobody's telling you what to do. So just like when we sit with ourselves, when we sit with ourselves on a yoga mat, when we sit with ourselves in meditation, when we sit with ourselves in breath work, we're then allowing ourselves to only worry about how we feel how we are interpreting something and what we need to do. So during that day, I got to write a list of gratitude for the things that I do have in my life. I got to write a journal entry that someday I'll be able to share with myself. I haven't even read it. I like closed the book and was like, we're gonna look at that another day because it was so hard. I got to write a letter to myself. I got to write a letter to my husband. And these were all things that I needed to do. Yeah. And had I gone to the hospital or had I have been at home with toddlers under my feet, it would have, I wouldn't have been able to process those emotions. So I'm learning through all of these things that have happened, that if I can sit in the emotion for one day, even, or for one hour, or for three days, like if I can give myself the time to sit with the emotions as they come up, I will have a lot less healing to do on the back end. <laughs> you yeah. know, I'll, I'll have almost a jump start to the healing process. And not that I don't, won't still grieve this baby and I won't still grieve my brother, but I'm not shoving it. I'm allowing myself to be expansive about it and I'm allowing it to help me in the decisions that I'm making for my future.
0: Yes, I love that. I love that. And I love the way you described everything that happened to you. Because honestly, you're right, if you would have done this at home, or the miscarriage would have happened at home. Now you're dealing with everyone else's feelings. And for someone like you, you're, you know how you are, you'd rather put everybody in front before you do yourself. Like you said earlier, like I was dealing with my mom, I was dealing with my husband, I was dealing with the toddlers, I was dealing with my customers. And then you're, you're last. But in that moment, um, it was like all perfect timing because it was exactly your, you had this loving energy that was surrounded you from the weekend. And then you were there to be able to be in that space to hold yourself. That's one of the biggest things that we don't really um, understand because we're constantly looking for other people's approval and other, what other people think about you. You really need to learn how to self-soothe. I mean, just recently I had an argument with my husband. And I'm like, trying to text all these people, because I want to verbally process with other people. And nobody was answering their phone, or nobody was responding to my text message. And then I'm like, Paola, you really just have to sit with this on your own. You really have to like, this disre- you know, regulate yourself, self soothe yourself. And like, you you can't because in reality, like I said earlier, you are with you all the time. And when other mm-hmm. people can't do the things that you want or alcohol or food or shopping or you know all the other addictions that we reach for to kind of self-regulate aren't there or not available to you you really need to do the work and I love that you did that like you did the work you journaled you wrote letters you meditated you breathed you cried you sobbed all the emotions all in one with no like um with no like moment to be like, well, what, what do they think? Or, or what should I call my husband? Or, you know what I mean? It's just kind of like, you really need to learn how to do that. All of us, if you're listening, if you're watching on YouTube, we all need to learn how to self-regulate and how to self-soothe because it'll help not just yourself, but your children, your husband, society. There's a lot of people out there that don't know how to do this. That's why they're Karens or whatever out in the world. But I love that that you did that and I'm, I can't I can't even begin to imagine the pain that you had to experience on your own, but it was all perfectly aligned. And who cares what other mm-hmm. people think right? Who cares if they don't right. they're listening and they're saying, well this is that's not how it happened. It, it does. We don't know how things happen. spiritually, everything happens for a reason and I truly believe that so oh, that's incredible. Megan, okay. as we wrap up this episode, what would be your nugget of wisdom that you'd like to share with the women who are listening today? Or men, men you to. <laughs> yeah,
1: so, and, and I do, I always say like, I'm a mama entrepreneurial business coach for small local businesses because that's where my passion lives. But I will listen to anybody's story, man, woman, or, or otherwise. So my nugget of wisdom is just to believe in your dreams and your ability to achieve them. Success isn't just about making money. It's about making a positive impact on the world by following your purpose and creating something meaningful. So your unique story is what makes your business special. Embrace it and use it to build a business that makes a difference.
0: Oh, I love that, Megan. And I love that you include all the things because it isn't about just making money and learning how to self-regulate, learning your body, learning how to get into alignment. Like all of that means something. I'm on my entrepreneurial journey myself and it's a lot. It's more than just like making money. It is a spiritual experience. Absolutely. Because it has everything to do with how aligned you are with your purpose and what it is that you're selling or doing or like creating in the world. So it's so beautiful, Megan. How can my audience find you?
1: So I am on Instagram. Uh, My Instagram handle is hello.meganelizabeth. And then I do have a podcast. It's called The Really Rich Mama Entrepreneur. And it gets a little bit deeper into what rich really means. So those are my two spaces. I am on Facebook also under Megan Elizabeth.
0: Thank you again for listening to Journey of a Fearless Female. I'm your host, Paola Rosser, and if you love this episode, make sure you hit subscribe, share it with your friends, and leave a review. I read every single review, and I truly appreciate the time you spend writing it. If you're looking for a life coach or a spiritual mentor, you can book a free discovery call with me at www.fearlessfemale.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at fearlessfemale__coach. Subscribe to my YouTube channel, at Fearless Female, or find me on TikTok. I'm under at Paola.Rosser. Tune in next week. Goodbye.